Welcome to Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Line Miller, your host. If you're watching us on YouTube, you notice that I am not at my home studio with a map behind me. That's because I'm in downtown Atlanta, Georgia in the United States at the Coca-Cola Global Headquarters. We're very excited to be able to bring this episode to you thanks to our sponsor, Farm to Plate. They are creating tomorrow's food business ecosystem today. Our interview today is with a really exciting category of leader. We have Penny Walter with us. She is a senior category leader, North America, for Coca-Cola Bottlers Sales and Services. I want to welcome you to the podcast, Penny. Thank you so much for having me, Pam. I am so excited to have a woman of your caliber to interview, but I have no idea what a senior category manager or leader does. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of what it is you do? I'm responsible for all the the caps and the closures that go on all the products for North America. So when you think about a a plastic bottle, think about the, the plastic closure, the metal closures, the specialty closures that go on a PET bottle. Someone has to, to do that work. So the procurement, the sourcing, the strategy behind that, it's the most technically difficult component of the package. When I, as a consumer, think about having a Coca-Cola product, I don't usually think about how it's packaged. I just know it's good and it's I'm going to take the top off or flip it and, and drink it. I don't think about all the engineering that goes into that. But it's not just one product line, you cover many Coca-Cola product lines. We have multiple types of products within Coca-Cola, over 500 different types of brands in the world. When you think about North America specifically, what I'm responsible for, we've got carbonated soft drinks, such as Coca-Cola. We've got water, such as Dasani, juices, like Simply Orange Juice, teas, like Gold Peak Tea, and many, many more, hydration, vitamin water. Think about all the products when you go into your local grocery store like Kroger or the local convenience store. There's a plethora of variety of of products that Coca-Cola offers to refresh you every single day and, and bring a smile. Those happen intentionally. There's a lot of thought behind the offerings in which Coca-Cola offers to consumers for product selection. Well, let's talk about some of that thought because you bring quite a rich background in engineering. You've got a team of experts that work on all of this essential packaging. Share with us a little bit about that process and the things you think about as you go to try to figure out how to best package the Coca-Cola brands. When you think about packaging, think about food safety anyone could consume that product. So we're designing something that could go out into the market and we're focusing on food safety. We're focusing on the brand image and we're focusing on bringing something to life that people and consumers can enjoy. When it comes to technical requirements, Coca-Cola prides ourselves on having very robust and rigorous processes in place which we evaluate different types of raw materials and designs 
to ensure what we have compliance and food safety, strong food safety practices in place to ensure the best quality products to our consumers. When I think about brand image that you brought up as a part of that, I know when we spoke earlier, and it's really a part of a lot of our childhood growing up, a lot of us have great memories with Coca-Cola products. And I know you had one in particular with your grandfather. I do. Uh, when I was small, my grandfather used to share a pop. I, I'm from the North. We, we call it pop, uh, not soda or, or Coke. Uh, we used to share a, a pop. And I vividly remember going to the refrigerator and getting a, a Mellow Yellow or a Sprite or a Fanta grape or an orange mm. and sharing uh, a pop with him. And those memories I hold near and dear to my heart and thinking about that. And even when I was sick as a child, um, think about when I wasn't feeling well, my grandmother used to give me a, a ginger ale and saltines or a Coca-Cola and saltines. That's how Coca-Cola evolved. It originally started as something that was developed for a pharmaceutical purpose. Dr. Pemberton developed Coca-Cola for an ailment, for a bubbly tummy. And think about the, the uses of Coca-Cola then and the evolution now. Uh, the original formula was only available if we went to uh, a drugstore or if we went out to a restaurant. Think of a fountain offering and blending it with carbonated water. And to have it served cold, it was on ice. It wasn't until several years later where it was developed in a bottling application where people could actually take it to go or enjoy the product at home, which is it's pretty incredible when you think about all the years of development and the evolution of our products. I did not know that history about Coca-Cola, and I know that it's really special to a lot of us as we think about when we were children like sharing with your grandfather. Let's face it, sharing a, a Coke and a smile has become just part of what we think about. It's a happy occasion as we're going to do that. But what you bring to the table and what your people bring to the table is all the thought process behind that to protect that brand image. And you talked about safety, and that's a real big consideration. How do you approach that? Uh, one of the most important things within Coca-Cola is working with and collaborating with functional team members. We have many different functional groups within Coca-Cola. We've got our bottling partners. We've got technical, our quality and food safety teams. Think about packaging and graphics, all the way down to artwork. And then think about the, the qualification and the commercialization processes as we start to look at making any types of changes in packaging or ingredients, there's a lot of change that goes into that and a lot of fingerprints that may potentially go on evaluating what that change looks like. So there's a lot of thought and ensure that we minimize risk to the customers and the consumers. And Coca-Cola is very focused on ensuring that we provide the highest quality product to our consumers. So regardless of where you go in the world, that Coca-Cola is gonna have the same taste, that refreshing, crisp taste anywhere in the world. 
that is amazing to think about a company the scale of Coca-Cola worldwide and paying attention to the safety of the product. And we'll get into some details with what containers you provide the product, the Coca-Cola products in, but also while maintaining the quality, how do you approach these, these issues? We pride ourselves when we start looking at our products. Not only when we think about quality, we think about our, our brand, and then we think about packaging. So brand loyalty is, is absolutely our essence. And you think about packaging, what sets us apart from other brands in the grocery store? We have a, a premium offering. We want to win your heart. We want to win your mind. So when we talk about our products, we offer the most premium product and we focus on food safety. So specifically to the closure category that I manage, the closure is the most technically difficult component of the package because you have to think about the fit of the closure, the function of the closure, and the bottle finish. All three of those items coming together, the fit, form, and function, it's the three-legged stool. If you don't have a perfect fit, form, and function, we, we're not going to have a perfect product for, for you. Yeah, and that's important. Well, take us a little bit through the product journey and some of the aspects that might be considerations as you look at fit, form, and function from the beginning to getting product on the shelf for the customer. The first thing we think about is the material, right? What is the, the impact from taste and odor? How is it going to impact our product? Then we take a look at the impact to the change. When we look at the overall system, what is the risk of making the change, of a packaging change? What is the benefit when you think about a, a business case? And then when you take a step further, think about the evaluation process, right? business continuity. So if we were to make this change, what are the changes associated with doing that? Are there investments required at the supplier within our system? And then what does that look like? What value does that yield, especially for our consumers, right? Yeah. And then when it comes to actually implementing or executing change, focusing on incorporating our key bottling partners, making sure that we have voice of the customer and we incorporate their feedback. That's absolutely critical. I grew up in the plant and executing change is hard. Implementing change is very difficult. So understanding the voice of the customer and the requirements, because every bottling line is different. Every production line is different. So how do we do that, and does it make sense from a business perspective? Interesting, and you do bring that plant experience as well. Could you share with us a little bit? I know we're talking about what you do right now, but as you're comfortable, because you bring quite a rich history in your career to bring you to the position you're in today. My background is in plant management and engineering. I grew up in plant management starting at Ford Motor Company, and I'm blessed with the opportunity to work in the biggest brand in the world. When you think about the contour bottle, it's the second most recognized shape in the entire world. 
the, the number one recognized shape is the Holy Cross. And it's pretty incredible when you think about that. That is amazing. And I, I really like that you bring perspective to the position you have now at corporate headquarters. You also bring real experience at the plant level uh, with Coca-Cola to what you do. And that's got to give you great perspective in understanding there are a lot of considerations in making the changes that you might be con contemplating. It's not just one decision. There's a whole host of other changes that will need to be made as a result of that. So I think your perspective is really great. And I'm sure that the other people that are impacted by decisions that are made appreciate that you're bringing those thoughts to the table for them. What are some of the changes or the creative, innovative changes you've been able to implement within the Coca-Cola system? I'm very proud to, to share a couple of examples with you. Great. I brought a, a couple of props to share with you. Uh, the first one is the Dasani bottle that you're enjoying today. The, the cap associated with this is made from post-consumer recycled content. What is that? Imagine you and I drank a jug of milk and we put that jug in the recycling bin outside of your house. That recycle bin then goes to the recyclers and it's sorted and the milk jugs then are segregated, chopped and sanitized and transformed through a proprietary process back into usable resin. That's never been done before in the world until the Coca-Cola team came up with a way with our valued suppliers to integrate post-consumer recycled material into our caps. We were the first in the world to do this in July of 2019. For those of you that are listening to us on your podcast channels, uh, you aren't seeing the Dasani bottle that Penny was holding. It has a regular bottle and a blue label and then a distinctive green cap. And that cap is what she's talking about, is made from this con post-consumer content that is so innovative to their process here. Now you have some other show and tell for those of, that are watching on YouTube. For those that are listening, we're gonna explain. I do, I have some other show and tells that I'm, I'm proud to show you. Uh, the Coke Zero bottle that I'm showing you is one of the first ones off the, the production line to contain post-consumer recycled material, the first in the world made from other caps. So what's different? Imagine if you and I drank this bottle of Coke Zero. We enjoyed this crisp, cold Coke Zero. Then we put the empty bottle in our recycling bin with a cap on. It then is picked up by the recyclers. The recyclers take it to the material recycling facility, which is called the MRF. From there, the MRF separates the PET bottles. From there, the caps on different products are separated and chopped. For those that are listening, Thank you. she has a bottle of all these different pieces of all different colored caps that are chopped up and put in, into a jar. Into a jar. So once the caps are chopped and they're separated from the bottle, we then sort by color. Then we sort optically by green. And it doesn't necessarily have to be just a Dasani closure. It can be any green closure. 
From there, we transform it into usable food-grade resin through a proprietary process with one of our key strategic suppliers. Then, we transform it into a food-grade closure. So this is made with a certain percent post-consumer recycled content material. So it is truly a closed loop made from a product that we enjoyed and it's applied back onto a bottle that you can purchase at a store. That is a great cycle right there, starting from the Coke Zero bottle. Once you enjoy your crisp beverage and you put it into recycling and everyone please recycle, then the caps get separated, chopped up and put all together. And then they optically get scanned by color and put together. And we have some mystical processes in here that are proprietary that then end up giving us more caps. So we can actually produce caps from that cap that had been originally used and the cycle continues. That's a really great recycling story. So those bottles that you put in recycling really do get recycled and used for post-consumer content and more caps. My shameless plug, yes. please continue to recycle. Recycle as much as you can with caps on. We need as much material as we can. Yeah. Because you're really using it, and that's, that's very right. exciting. And it's all part of, really, the sustainability story here at Coca-Cola. I don't know what else you might want to add to that. Lots of initiatives happening at Coca-Cola, but in your area, this is a main one, I would say, right? We have a program that's called The World Without Waste within Coca-Cola. It's in three pillars. Coca-Cola is focusing on design. How do we design our packages that can be recycled? How do we design our products that can incorporate recycled content, such as what I showed you? The second thing is, how do we partner? We partner with communities to put infrastructures in place to get more material back because there's not enough material to grow our recycled content. Mm -hmm. And then the third piece is thinking about educating. How do we educate and bring awareness and really grow that segment yeah. of the World Without Waste program? How do we drive the improvements across the, the world in the industry? That is very, very important. World Without Waste, I even like the title of it, because people can visualize that. I think, I think a lot of people don't recycle because they don't think it really matters. But I really believe, if the, I'm one of those, if I have a Dasani and I'm out and I can't find a recycle bin, I take it home and I put it in my recycle bin because I feel that strongly that if everybody just does a little bit in that area, that it adds up to be a lot. And a company as big as Coca-Cola worldwide Certainly, if you can get that message out to your customers and the people who care about your product and buy your product and use it, they're going to understand how important that is to you and that you're actually going to use that material. So I, I'm excited about that. What's special about the bottle that you're holding, Pam, and I brought Design. that bottle for you, Thank you, is that bottle is made from 100% oh. recycled content. So today we're talking about closures, but that bottle specifically is made from 100% recycled PET material. Okay. So if you think about recycling your bottle, wow, that went all the way through the material recycling facility. And I brought just an example to show you of what 
resin looks like. So this is closure resin, but PET resin looks very similar, transformed back into usable material. If you are listening to us on podcast channels, you may want to watch this episode on YouTube because Penny has brought some really great visuals for us to actually see what Coca-Cola is doing in this area of sustainability. Thank you for bringing some of that with you, of course. Well, we just came out of the worldwide pandemic recently, and there were a lot of changes needed to be made by a lot of companies and, and that thought process. How, how did that impact what you do within the Coca-Cola system? We are evolving into what's called a new normal, right? New normal. We've, <laughs> we've heard that before. Evolving from the pandemic that occurred in, in 2020. So we're doing a global reset emerging from COVID. Think about all the changes that have happened across the world and being able to adapt to that. So starting at the, the plant or the production level, think about our ways of working. Uh, we've had to work remotely to support our bottling partners. So the capacity and the capabilities at the plant levels have had to increase significantly because we've had to support them virtually. Think about the employees on the plant floor to protect them and keep them safe. All the protocols we've had to put in place from a management systems perspective from a COVID standpoint. Mm -hmm. That's very, very critical in keeping everyone safe. And then when you think about it further, think of not only the cost implications that we've all faced with inflation, we think about over the road. We're not all driving to work anymore. Think of the cost of gas. Think about all the changes that have occurred globally. And I won't go into politics. However, there's a cha uh, all the changes over in Russia right now. Mm -hmm. Think about Ukraine and China and Israel. There's so many moving dynamics right now. All of those things globally directly impact North America. So having a critical understanding of what's going on globally and the impact within the, the supply chain in North America and having critical relationships and depending on those relationships, it's important. So I've really relied on my relationships to be successful. Now it's time to put pennies back in the piggy bank, per se, when it comes to relationships and starting to go see my my clients, my internal clients, and my suppliers, and the external customers right. to replenish those relationships mm -hmm. and support one another and really understand the customer needs because those have evolved since 20. Right. I was thinking about customer buying habits as well. That's right. So when we go to, when we go out to eat, are you still having those same habits? When you go to the grocery store, are your purchase habits still the same? If you think about it, many of us haven't been to the movie theater since 2020. At least I know that I have not. Uh, so our business model has changed tremendously when you think about that. Um, when you go to different restaurants, are you going through the drive through or are you going inside to get your, your product or enjoy it? Right. So there's so many changes and then consumer habits are evolving. Many consumers are going e-commerce 
that has been a significant shift to our business. So understanding the headwinds that we're up against and being able to be nimble and adjust to the business is absolutely essential. So we can support our customers and give them offerings that are healthy and healthy habits is what they're looking for as well. So all of those items that I highlighted, the supply continuity, the business changes, the evolution, are things that are under the purview of Coca-Cola bottlers, sales and services. Those are truly the items of value that we strive to support our key bottling partners to ensure that we have a level of competitiveness within the business and within the industry. It's a, it's a really big job, Penny, trying to get all of that you talked about, you, you were talking about negotiation, supporting everything that happens with the supply chain for the Coca-Cola bottlers, sales and services area. And I just, I don't want to embarrass you, but I, I would like to ask about the pin that you have on your jacket. If you would explain what that is for our listeners. Uh, Penny has a, a pin on her jacket that is really, really very significant. If, if I'm not embarrassing, if you wouldn't mind sharing. Thank you, Pam. The, the pin on my lapel uh, represents uh, women breaking the mold. And I was nominated by peers in the, in the industry to be one of the top 50 women in, in plastics. So I'm, I'm humbled and, and thankful to be recognized in the industry. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's really exciting because I know you are really an advocate for plastics. You see the value and where they've brought us so far and not only that, where we're going with them in the future. I don't know if you'd like to speak to that at all. Plastics is in everything we use and everything we touch every day. Think about your car, your pen, your desk, even where we're sitting today and in carpet. Plastic is in everything that we do. And I think COVID has helped transform some of the mindset when it comes to the benefits of, of plastic. And the key thing that I'd like to highlight here is focusing on the sustainability and the message that we talked about of trying to recycle with caps on. And there's truly a use for that material here at Coca-Cola. Very exciting. Is there anything you would, else that you would like to leave with our audience before we go? I do. Uh, I have a message for all the kids that are watching. Uh, Santa personally told me that the Coca-Cola caravan is out and about right now. Oh. And it's an 18-wheel red Coca-Cola caravan that goes across the United States. And it's been going since 1995. And he enjoys a cold, crisp Coca-Cola when he drives this caravan, and he visits different cities across the world. And it's really important to be good and listen to your mom and your dad because he's going to come visit you. So watch for Santa and the Coca-Cola caravan because he's coming. Well, and I want to say if when your mom or dad listen to this podcast and possibly you miss the caravan for this year, you can be on the lookout for it for next year. Um, Penny, I really want to thank you for being with us. Uh, if you enjoyed this interview with Penny and learning all about some of the things, uh, we just scratched the surface of what's happening within the Coca-Cola system. I'm really excited, particularly about Penny highlighting recycling, encouraging you to recycle 
your bottles with the caps on because, as you've heard, that material is really being used. Please let us know what else you'd like to see, hear, other interviews, topics you're interested in. We want to hear from you at Future Foodcast. Until next week, I'm Pam Linemiller. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 